Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. to another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar here and joining me from Defector is Kalen Kaler making a return appearance. But now, Kalen, you have a podcast where you interview backup quarterbacks. And my gosh, I mean, you could not have landed a better brand to come on this show than to talk about QB2. And I have a five-question QB quiz about uh, to be honest with you, starting quarterbacks that matter around the league. But uh, I'm not going to say these QB2s don't matter because you have had some fascinating conversations with Trevor Simeon, Brian Hoyer, uh, Kurt Benkert, who's a really interesting guy. <laughs> I am loving the QB2 content. How are you? Good. I'm doing great. It's funny because like Kurt is really kind of anonymous. Like he's one of the, as he's described as himself, a fringe quarterback he's had a few work he's not on a team right now he's had a few workouts in the last couple weeks but um nothing no signings yet but like people really liked him like more people have watched his episode than brian hoyer and i'm like okay that's strange to me because hoyer like actually started in the nfl and like is a better known player but yeah the people the people loved kurt yeah, there's a lot of um, different categories, and I've talked about this, and I hope someday you have Sage Rosenfels on your show because he's kind of the ultimate journeyman backup quarterback. And so he, we've ta- he and I have talked about this, how there's like fringe starter journeyman quarterbacks who start for a bunch of different teams. This is probably what Teddy Bridgewater is at this point. Mm-hmm. Like he'll start for a lot of different teams. He's not like as bad as most backups but not as good as most franchise quarterbacks and then there's the absolute backup the brian hoyer who you don't really want to start but you want on your team and then you have the next level down is the guy who's kind of hanging around in the league and that would be somebody like kurt benkert so how did you set your standards for how you were going to decide what qualifies as a qb2 yeah i i use the word qb2 like loosely because Obviously, like Ben Kurt is really a QB three. Um, if he's going to be on a roster, like he's trying to be a QB two. He's at that stage where he's like, if I'm on a roster, like I want to win a backup spot, but he hasn't yet done that. So I kind of just opened it up to anyone who is not a um, clear starting quarterback. So like we had Josh, I had Josh McCown on, and Josh has started a lot of games, but. He's very much that journeyman guy where, um, you know, he he brought up. A, I, I actually asked him, I was like, what word would you use to describe your career? And I was like, do you like the word journeyman? Because I know a lot of players actually really don't like that because um, it's kind of a euphemism for like nobody wanted you to stick around long enough. Um, but he actually was like, you know what? I don't have a problem with the phrase journeyman, but he's like, you know, I've been called retread. He's like that one I don't like. Um you know, stop gap bridge. There's a lot of different words that like pretty much all mean the same thing, which is, you know, what he's done where like, yeah, he might get the opportunity to start like an entire season or half of the season. Um, but it's not going to be his job like permanently. So, and I actually like have a request in for Ryan Fitzpatrick later because he's also like, he honestly is a little bit more starter to me than backup, but I would love to hear his thoughts on if he thinks, you know, how he like self-identifies. So um, I think he would count just because there is kind of a debate on like, what is his legacy? Like, what should he be remembered as? Um, So, yeah, I was kind of loose with the definition because it's like, who am I to say who is a backup quarterback? (laughs) And who's not? You know, like that's, 
it's a personal, uh, it's a personal thing, and I'm gonna let them decide. But the interesting, interesting thing is, I was a little concerned that when I was pitching this idea that um, either players or their agents, I've gone through agents, I've gone through um, teams. Um, uh, I was worried that maybe they would be offended by the name of the show, <laughs> like because you really do have to be secure in like your identity and not like you know, upset that you're not a QB one to embrace this. And I think there is a certain point in every quarterback's career where they do reach that point where they're like, this is me, you know, this is who I am. Like, I'm not the starter. It's okay. And so, so far, nobody has been um, mad about the concept or offended by me wanting them to come on a show that's called QB two. So that's been good. So I think that Fitzpatrick very much fits into the journeyman starter, but also qualifies as QB two because you'd rather have him as a backup, but he's better than like 98% of backups. So if he's your backup, your starter could get hurt and you could make the playoffs. I mean, I, I know that, you know, Fitzpatrick doesn't exactly have a robust playoff history, but it's often because he is signed by teams that need a bridge quarterback. So he kind of fits into a few categories, but the times he's been on good teams, like the jets, he won 10 games with, and what was it? Houston. I think he had a pretty good record with. So he's kind of like that guy that if you dropped him onto a good team, like a case Keenum, if he's mm-hmm. on a good team, the guy's going to be able to win. And uh, there is a lot of value in that. The Minnesota Vikings did not value that uh, this year. And you could see why, because they don't have a lot of salary cap space left yeah. at this point. And, and that is an interesting trend. And I promise we'll get into the uh, starting quarterbacks that are going to define the season. But this is a topic I absolutely love. There is a trend, though, of teams saying, I really want a Teddy Bridgewater because I don't want my season ruined by having my starter get hurt. You know, somebody like Tua has gotten hurt before in the season, or, I mean, he's just been bad at times as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy Dalton in New Orleans, Jameis is hurt kind of a lot. Um, and these quarterbacks are getting paid. So I think that teams understand that there are some players out there that now can give you, you know, 500 play And uh, those guys lead an interesting life because Andy Dalton could be a starter on a team. Teddy Bridgewater started last year and went 500. Um, And I think that there's going to be more of these guys available as we go along as teams quickly bail on the veteran quarterback. Like back in the day, Jim Harbaugh was still getting jobs for the San Diego Chargers late in his career. So like, oh, just anybody who can start. Now it's like, oh, you're not a franchise guy, draft a new one. You're not a franchise guy, draft a new one, which leads to a lot of QB2s who are qualified to be QB1s. Yeah, I definitely see that happening. And like, I mean, I'm thinking about too, like the Colts, like Nick Foles is there now um, with Matt Ryan and like Nick Foles is very capable, obviously. Um and yeah, I think that's definitely, definitely, that's what I would do if I was a coach. But then on the other hand, I will say like, just thinking about the New Orleans situation, um, I think they're, I talked to Trevor Simeon this week and like they're, he, he didn't say that their quarterback room was like weird last year, but he did say it was a very interesting dynamic with like Taysom playing several different positions other than quarterback. And so like, most teams will dress two quarterbacks for a game, but they would dress three because Taysom was often already in the game um, in another role when Jameis was healthy and still starting. So that's why, you know, Trevor becomes the backup when Jameis tears his ACL. um, And Taysom actually had a concussion at that point too. So he was also hurt, but he was like, that was a really interesting dynamic. And then you see this year, Dennis Allen moved Taysom strictly to tight end he is not a quarterback at all anymore and Taysom has had some quotes actually to the team website where he really didn't seem very happy about that he was like it's what's best for the team like I'm doing it whatever but it was not he was not enthusiastic at all and so I think it's really interesting that and Dennis was quoted as saying like well I wanted him to be a tight end because when I'm on the sideline like I don't want him standing next to me while Jameis is out there and To me, I interpret that as like he didn't want the distraction of Taysom when Jameis is the starter. Because I do think that was like pretty confusing with how like Sean Payton had structured that quarterback room and 
even when Drew Brees was a starter and then Taysom started the end of that season in 2020, I think that was actually really confusing. And so I think it makes more sense now with Andy Dalton as a backup, but Andy is almost like too qualified as well. And like, he's a very nice guy. So I don't think he would be like, you know, a threatening presence, but it, I do think about that sometimes of like, if your backup is too experienced and too good, like what pressure is that putting on the starter and obviously, you know, that applies to San Francisco this year as well. I, I love that there's a, a QB3 tight end two punt <laughs> blocker one, <Yeah. laughs> you know, Taysom Hill. I mean, there's very few players in history like him, and uh, we should appreciate that. And two times in my life, I've been at football games where Taysom Hill threw like a 50-yard completion against the Minnesota Vikings, once in a playoff game and another in a, a game at home that the Vikings lost to new Orleans in 2018. And yet, you know, the guy, and he went four and one as a starter, but yeah. they're like, no, you're not our backup. It's very, that's very weird. If I was him, I'd be like, what is going on here? Yeah. Uh, but he's clearly not a starting quarterback. So no. he fits into that, like Ray Lucas or Brad Smith. Like, am I a quarterback? I don't know. Um, which, the which I absolutely too, love. Like the, I don't, I haven't read or watched. I haven't watched any of the Falcons yet this year, but like Felipe, they have Felipe Franks, um, who, where did he go to school? Is he Florida? Florida? I think, right? Yeah. Okay. They have Felipe Franks, and they actually switched him to tight end. Um, and I don't know. And we'll get to this later, but they only had two quarter. Last time I checked, they only had two quarterbacks on their roster, and so I was like, hmm, is. Felipe, like, emergency quarterback still, even though they switched him to tight end. Like, um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. And I'm like, is he going to be, like, a Taysom 2.0 at some point? Like, I have no idea what – I haven't really read much about what their plans are for him. But I did see they switched him to tight end. So I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. It's re really actually quite funny how many Florida quarterbacks have been switched to tight end, including <laughs> yeah. an attempt at Tim Tebow at one point. So, um, well – QB two is the show and it is just, it's just perfect. It's like someone made a show just for me. So everyone <laughs> uh, should check that out, but uh, let's get into this year uh, yeah. and uh, the quarterbacks that matter and some of the opinions that are strange out there in the world. So I have a quiz of five questions, multiple choice. You get to pick whatever you want and we can talk about it. Okay. Okay. Let's start out with this. These things just before the wire, just before real football happened, we got some crazed quarterback opinions on the internet just yesterday. It was like people saved them up just to stir <laughs> the uh, internet pot. Which one of these quarterback opinions that were said by real people is the most ridiculous? Mitch okay. Trubisky QB 12, which was a real thing on the 538 list. It makes no sense whatsoever. QB 12, uh, and, like that's how far down a depth chart he should be. <laughs> I, and I also think, I mean, I also think like every time there's like an analytical website or something, people think that's analytics. Yeah. They're like, oh, analytics gone wrong. It's got Derek Carr behind Mitch Trubisky. Like, no, it's just this person. Yeah. Uh, but QB 12 in the NFL was Mitch Trubisky. Aaron Rodgers listed by Warren Sharp as not being one of the top 10 most accurate quarterbacks in the league or two people from NFL Network picking Kirk Cousins for MVP. Which one of those is the most absurd? Oh, God. Um, man, that's a good selection. I'm going to go with uh, – wait, what was the Aaron Rodgers one? He's not the most accurate. Not in the top 10 most accurate. Um. <laughs> It's really a toss up to me between uh, honestly, the Kirk one is not the most absurd to me. Like there is a world in which that might happen. Um, I think it's a not very realistic world, but I'm like, okay, maybe I could maybe see it. Um, I think it's a toss up between Aaron and Mitch being the 12th best quarterback in the NFL. Um, yeah. Like Mitch should be like, I mean, he was never in the top, like, 25 quarterbacks when he was a starter in Chicago. So I don't know how he all of a sudden jumped to number 12 after one year of riding the bench in Buffalo. The Although I do, I do think he'll be better without Matt Nagy, but I don't think he's going to be that much better. So 
Kirk Cousins for MVP to me is a thing that people say when they want the other studio analysts to be like, whoa, he's going yeah. for it. Yeah. Like it's, there's no other purpose of doing that. But right. I also think that like, that's not to say Kirk Cousins ha- can't have a really good year. Right. It's just that the MVP, like Matt Stafford didn't win MVP last year. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, Yo, what if everyone un- else really plays poorly all year? R- right. It's like, well, is- I mean, Kirk is the only competent quarterback for the whole season in the NFL. Then what? Right. Like Josh Allen two years ago had this insane breakout year and didn't win MVP. Like it's incredibly hard to do it. Even you wouldn't bet even the most of the best quarterbacks because it can only be one and somebody's going to throw for like 50 touchdowns and, and you know, 5,000 yards. That's probably not going to be Kirk cousins in an ideal scenario. They still have Delvin cook. They're going to run the ball a lot. It's like, not that he couldn't be good. He's been good in a lot of years, but uh, let's not go crazy. That's nowhere close to not putting Aaron Rodgers in the top 10, most accurate Aaron Rodgers is top 10, most accurate in the history of God's planet. Like, come on, man. I mean, that's also something that there's like numbers to support. Like, I guess you could subjectively say, oh, well, I think Mitch is the 12th best quarterback and not go off of stats. And you could subjectively say, yeah, Kirk Cousins is going to be MVP. But like, there's literal numbers that can tell you whether or not, you know, about Aaron Rodgers accuracy, which I don't have it in front of me, but I'm certain uh, he's in there. Uh, yeah, I, I've I've seen him do things that could be uh, considered <laughs> illegal with his accuracy. Uh, yeah, I, I have this from PFF that he was third in the NFL in throws that were on target last year uh, and fourth in his percentage of big time throws, which is like tight windows and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Shocking news. Aaron Rodgers. Accurate. Good. Very good. <laughs> yeah. I'll make the, the case for Mitch Trubisky only in this way, only in this way. So QB 12 is hard. But if you think, if you galaxy brain your way into QB rankings, meaning which quarterback just had the best year in that season, I witnessed Case Keenum have a top 15 season. And there have been a lot of individual seasons that are surprising and random. If a few quarterbacks got hurt and in that particular system, Things just worked out because that's a really good team. Trubisky was cheap. They have good receivers, good coaching. And he yeah. was and and he added a lot more running. Like for some reason, it seemed Matt Nagy wanted to take away one of his best assets, which was right. running. You could see like a PFF grade that puts him 12th because he's a better runner than some of the like like what Jalen Hurts was last year. Didn't throw the ball super well, but had a good season and ran a lot. Like you could you could see that yeah. not being the most insane thing. Yeah, 100%. I think I'm just, like, thinking he's going to be benched by week six. Actually, I was looking at this year's schedule. They have, like, a tough stretch, like, week seven and eight. I think it was, like, uh, I might be one week off here. But it's, like, Bills and then um, Buccaneers, I think, in a row. And I was, like, hmm, that might be the time. (laughs) So, I don't know. Well, in the way that Kenny Pickett looked, I mean, I'm sure they want, I'm sure they're waiting for the moment, right? To just be like, oh, darn, uh, what a shame. Kenny, you're in. Yeah. Uh, And everyone in Pittsburgh, like, wants Kenny to play because he's from there. I think he has the fan support, too. Right, right. And he's probably just more talented than Mitch on the face of being able to throw the football despite (laughs) his tiny hands. Folks, football season is here and you need more gear to represent Minnesota football. Adam Thielen, Randy Moss, John Randall, the Purple People Eaters, Bud Grant, all great designs from Soda Stick that you can put on hoodies, hats, t-shirts. Go to SodaStick.com, S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K.com. Use the promo code PURPLEINSIDER to get 15% off your purchase. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Okay, next question here. Which quarterback in the NFL will have the most wildly different performance from last year? Daniel Jones, Tua, Justin Fields, or Kirk? Kirk is going to be in all of these. Kirk is is always going to be an answer. He's going to be in all of these, but the Um, but like people are saying, people are saying that Kirk is going to be a lot better with this uh, offense with Kevin O'Connell, so he gets in here. Yeah, Daniel Jones, Tua Fields, or Kirk? Wow. Okay. You know, I kind of want to pick. I mean, honestly, I think they're I think they're all going to be better, but I will pick Daniel Jones. Um. Yeah, I'm going to pick Daniel Jones because I think Ryan Dayball is really good. And I like Mike Kafka, obviously, um, Northwestern, former QB3, um, mostly QB3, I think. He might have been a QB2 at one point, but I don't think he was that good. Um, I, he's think he, if, I, I think he won a quarterback battle in Minnesota once for a backup Did spot. Did he? Okay. Anyways, he's the offensive coordinator there and obviously uh, worked with Patrick Mahomes really closely in Kansas City for, I think, three seasons. Um, So I kind of believe in that. And I don't know. I don't I think Daniel uh, gets a I think he's he gets a bad rap. Like, I think he has something still to show us. So I'm going to go with Daniel Jones. However, Kirk, I think will definitely be better. Um Tua, not sure. Uh, hopefully, um, I, you know, I, I don't really, I don't know why I don't believe in him very much. Um, I just don't, I just don't love him. Um, and then Justin Fields, I think really will. I mean, based off the last preseason game, I mean, if, if he plays like that in the regular season, that was like miles better than we've seen him before. And I think Luke Getzky, Luke Getzky has done a really good job of, simplifying it for him and just giving him things that he can actually do. And then I think slowly they're just going to build and build as the season goes on. He still doesn't really have any, anyone to throw to, but um, <laughs> Darnell Mooney is pretty good. I was like, I got to get Darnell in fantasy because like, he's just going to get a lot of targets. I think. Uh, yeah. The theme yeah. of the question is really, do you believe that the offensive minds behind these gentlemen will yeah. be a, a big difference maker. That's really the question. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, and I think Luke Getzey will, I think the Giants will. Um, I like Mike McDaniel and the crew in Miami, but I don't know. I just don't, I just don't really, I don't know. I just don't really like watching Tua. So I, I haven't liked watching Tua play. So I just am kind of like, mm, I don't, like, I'm not sure how much he could do. And like, I just keep thinking of that, like tweet that the dolphins PR team or the social media put out of this like rocket. And it was like <laughs> under thrown. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, so I would go with, I think New York and Chicago, I think I would go with. I think job. that, um, it's funny that they got to or uh, Teddy to be to his backup because he's kind of like Teddy at this point, or he like yeah. the broken version of Teddy, maybe not what Teddy would have become had he yeah. stayed healthy, but the broke version that's very antsy and sort of throws short passes and stuff like that. Can't really be consistently aggressive in the intermediate or downfield. It's like, there's only, I mean, I know that, you know, uh, in San Francisco, they were able to, get Jimmy Garoppolo to throw a lot of wide open intermediate passes. And like, that was their thing. So maybe that's the hope, but I also think that Jimmy Garoppolo was like really good at that. Like, like a perfect fit for what they were trying to do. And I don't know if Tua is going to be that perfect fit. And I definitely know that Tua is not better in any way than Patrick Mahomes, no matter what Tyreek Hill says on whatever platform, I'm sorry. No, that should have gone in the most ridiculous off season statements uh, category as well. Daniel Jones uh, is a tougher sell for me because I think he does have physical talent. 
Like he is a good athlete, but when you average under seven yards a pass for three straight seasons, <laughs> yeah. I just have a tough time being like, oh, now he'll do it. Right. And like yeah, he's yeah. also a turnover machine. Like it's there's a lot to overcome there. Yeah. 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 I just feel like his last two years, that coaching staff was just such a mess. Like of all the uh, new coaches, I think that was probably the worst situation for these quarterbacks that we're talking about in these four scenarios. So I'm like, okay, well, he would have the biggest, um, it's not floor ceiling, lowest floor, I think. Of yes. like, yeah. So that's kind of why I think that is. I'm like, okay, that was like a really bad, like that was a very bad situation for him the last couple of years. So before the, the next question, how much, like what, what does being better look like for Kirk? Because to me, it's not like, Oh, he throws for 7,000 yards or something. I think it can just be the similar way he was in 2019 with Stefanski, where it's like efficient and like managing the game the right way, but also being aggressive and, and using, using him at the right times, as opposed to Mike Zimmer being like, no, we just have to run (laughs) all the time. Yeah. I mean, literally like it comes down to like, I'm glad you brought up the Stefanski season. Cause like, I mean, I don't know personally, but I think he had a pretty good relationship with Stefanski and Stefanski actually like liked him. Um, so I think really like, I feel like Kevin O'Connell, I mean, Quasey doesn't appear to like him, but Kevin O'Connell, Kevin O'Connell does appear to actually like him as his quarterback. So I think that's going to help a lot because he's going to actually be in a situation now where like, he's not being despised for taking up the biggest salary of the team. And um, hopefully there will not be a fight between Kevin O'Connell and the offensive coordinator and, you know, warring over we're passing the ball too much. Like that's not going to happen anymore. So that should be a lot better because I think it'll help him, you know, be able to like, make decisions better and free him a little bit um, to actually do what makes sense. So I think you're right. I think like that would be the goal is like 2019. Was that 20? Yeah. 2019. 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that Stefanski did was actually drew up some screen passes that work, which has not happened in the last couple of years. And so it's like, he understood that you have to find ways to help cousins and also counteract some of the offensive line issues, which I am not convinced are, are yet over. Also with Quasey, uh, I'm I'm just gonna throw this out for the audience to notice how few quotes have happened from Quasey since oh, the USA Today piece. He's and I'm not gonna say anything more down. about that. Oh, uh, yeah. He's been shut down for sure. Yep. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave that to sit with everybody, uh, and then we'll just move on. He'll so um one interview as long as he lives. <laughs> I mean, look, man. Did you think that someone wouldn't quote you saying your quarterback's good, not great? I mean, come on. I know you're new, but come on. That was, I loved that. I was like, wow, okay. Confident. But I also also think he's wrong about the Rams because he was trying to say that in that same story, he was trying to say the Rams are like one and done and that's not a good way to build a team. And, you know, you want to build like long-term, which like, sure, yeah, like ideally – yeah, sure, you you do. But like if you if all you're missing is, you know, some expensive veterans, just go do it. Like, you know, go get them, throw the money at them, bring them in, and who cares if they're gone the next year? And they also didn't the Rams didn't even really lose that many key people. Like Stafford is back. They still have a locker for Odell Beckham even though he's recovering from his ACL. So like they might just bring him back in like November. Like who knows? Um, so I'm like, I'm not convinced that the Rams are one and done and like, it's never gonna, you know, it's not going to work out for them again. I think they're, the Rams biggest problem is if football like destroys Sean McVay before the end of the season, because if you read that profile of him, that Seth Wickersham of ESPN did, it's like, this man is being tormented by the second by this sport. And I wasn't convinced that like he really wanted to be coaching still. I was like, uh, I think like maybe you do want to be a broadcaster. I, anyway, I, mean, I went on a tangent there. No, but the, it does wear people out quick when you're the head coach. And this is like Kevin O'Connell, 
has no idea what's in for him yeah. being Minnesota Vikings head coach. Look at pictures of Zimmer when he got here and look at pictures <laughs> yeah. of him now. That man did not age by seven years. He aged by like 25, um, which is, you know, it, it does happen to head coaches. But your point, I think, is exactly right about the Rams. And this is interesting about the Vikings because um, there's a scene in, in the office where uh, Michael Scott yells like, it's happening or whatever. And like, you know, uh, that is a, a gif that people use a lot. When you reach the point where your team could literally win the Super Bowl, you have to be Michael Scott there. It's happening. Yeah. We're doing, we're doing, we're getting, if you're the, well, they did it, but the Bills, we're getting Vaughn Miller. We don't care what it takes right? because we can win the Super Bowl. And if that blows up, okay. And this is why getting Kirk was always, I thought it was risky at the time, but always justifiable is they could be like, well, look, you had the number one defense. You got all these stars. Yeah. It's happening. Yep. Go all in. And if right. it blows up, it blows up. But, but I, you know, I think that they picked the right exact right time to do that. And Quasi needs to hope that the Vikings also get to that point. They couldn't do it this year because of their cap situation. They couldn't go sign a bunch of people. But, uh, you know, at some point you have to realize this is really our year and we have to go for it. And, right. I, and that's what that's where I agree with you. I think that, like, he's saying that if you're not in that spot, then you can't say bleep them picks and trade for a bunch of stars. I right. think, I think that's what he was saying, but it was not super clear in the piece. Right. And it's like, it's so hard to have a dynasty in the NFL anyways. So you might as well uh, throw, throw it all into one year and hope it works out for you. And then, you know, figure it out the next year. Like, it's almost like, this is not, this is not a football quote, but like um, I'm a WNBA fan. I know you are too. And the Chicago Skies coach and GM James Wade, I think he had a quote a couple weeks ago. He won the executive of the year. And I think he had a quote a couple weeks ago being like, I'm fine doing one year deals, which like they often have to do in the WNBA because of the very limited funds associated <laughs> with the league. But like, he's like, I'm fine with doing one year deals. And like, they'll realize they want to come back here next year and then we'll work it out after the season's over. Like, he's like, it's sort of his philosophy of like, you know, every offseason, I'm just going to figure it out again. And that's like kind of your job as a GM anyways. But um, yeah, I mean, I think like, obviously if you have a franchise quarterback, you want to lock it down for a long time with like 10 year contracts, but you know, otherwise it's like, yeah, it's not a bad way of, of structuring your team. Right. And Chicago is a good example. Chicago sky where it was like, okay, we've got a good team, but we're not quite there yet. Candace Parker, like, let, let's bring her in. Let's get Emma Meesem in. Like, just do anything for veteran players. Yeah. Who cares about developing rookies or anything else like that? Right. I mean, I don't even know. They don't play anybody who's young on that team no. at all. You're just, the you're just as everybody. a whole, like, doesn't really develop rookies. Like, have you no. know, no, yeah. not not really. Um, no. Not not unless you're like a top draft pick. But yeah. anyway, anyway, back back to the quarterback. Okay. That is an interesting subject, though. The Vikings timeline, because I'm not even convinced next year can really be an all in year for them with their cap situation. So when is it going to be? I mean, maybe that's part of Quasi's quote is that there's not really going to be a spot where at least in, in the Kirk this year and possibly next year time where they can do that so they're going to have to wait until they draft a quarterback and hope that that matches up with some of their recent draft picks developing but not from the 2021 class so <laughs> it will have to be other draft classes that develop because it's not that one um so here's the next question for you if you had to win one game with one billion dollars on the line and you could only pick from these quarterbacks to drop into this super game Jared Goff, Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, or Kirk, which one would you Derek, pick to win? Derek, Derek, Derek Carr. That's not even a hard question. Like, that was like a no-brainer for me. I I really like Derek Carr. Um, like, I think the Raiders are going to be better than the Broncos this year. Um, really? Hot take? Yeah, it's my hot take. I mean, I don't know that they're going to be a playoff team because I think it's going to be Chargers Chiefs out of that division, but – because that's a tough division, but I, I do really like, I like Derek a lot. And like with Devonte Adams is Devonte Adams in my super game or we don't know. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can have, it. it's like both teams are super teams. So, so okay. they're like very equal super okay. teams. Yeah. I mean like, yeah, I like Derek Carr. I picked Derek. I think Derek Carr is the right answer here. Um, I'm 
See, I'm, I'm a little conflicted about like Baker Mayfield that we have decided he is terrible when I don't, I don't think he's terrible. Terrible. No, I don't think, I think the Browns really uh, screwed him over. Uh, Who cares if he's like an asshole? Like that was really (laughs) like, and so, uh, yeah, I'm kind of like rooting. I'm definitely rooting for him this season. I don't think he's awful. I think he has a very specific skill set and, I don't know that the I don't know that the Panthers are gonna be any good because I don't I don't think Matt Rule's a very good NFL coach. I think he's a good college coach, but I don't think he's a good NFL coach. And so I don't know how that's gonna go, but I am kind of rooting for Baker. I like Baker still. So. Um and with Kirk, there is just a history there of important games that have not been won. Yeah. That cannot <laughs> be ignored. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this, this, see, I tried to pick guys that were very similar, but I didn't want to pick Jimmy G cause I thought he's actually probably a better pick cause he does win those games a lot. Yeah, but, he's been there. Yeah. So I wanted to pick so, like, God, well, golf was there and then played horribly. So yeah. there, there's also that, but Jared golf is another one where you're like, could he actually be decent this year? Like, it's not like the guy was complete garbage before. Right. Right. I mean, the lions are interesting. I, Again, another team I'm like rooting for because they're entertaining. Um, I don't know. I feel like if they did, I don't know. I think, I mean, Goff is just serviceable at this point. I don't think he's ever going to be um, elite uh, or maybe what the Rams thought he was going to be when they drafted him. I think he's just like a, I don't think he, I, I think he could absolutely be successful still, but I think he's sort of going to be more of your game manager types and, you know, people, what is that? Win with, win because of that <laughs> phrase, which I think is pretty stupid, but like he's probably a win with guy forever now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, maybe uh, – yeah, Baker is going to be the journeyman starter, I think, is what mm-hmm. he ends up being. And 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 Jared Goff might very well be the same thing. Like, Goff might – if he's not great this year, he may be Andy Dalton, where it's the same yeah. deal. It's like, when you were young, you played on a great team that could use its cap space elsewhere, but uh, your weaknesses are pretty weak. And the reason that Carr probably is the right answer is because of all the weaknesses of the quarterbacks, the kryptonites, he probably has the least – like, because he has – the best arm of all of those. Yeah. And he's got more mobility than the other guys where it's like, we know, and you're in Chicago. So you know what Kirk cousins issue is. It's when Akeem Hicks breaks through the middle of the offensive line, yeah. and no answer for it. So if other yeah. super team has a good defensive tackle, it's going to be a big problem for him where I think uh, Derek Carr could overcome it. But um, it's like, this this group of quarterbacks that are thought of exactly what you're saying, like, can I just plug the offense into them and have them run it and see what happens? And teams talk themselves into it, and it doesn't really work that often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, next question. Your locker room is a little bit down, a little sad. Okay. Uh, you lost a couple games in a row, and this is the pivot point of the season. You need one quarterback to give a speech that is going to change your season. Good question. Would it be Jameis Winston, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, or Kirk? 
Definitely not Russell, because I don't think he's very well liked. Um, he's just, he's just weird and awkward. <laughs> he's a weirdo, and I do think like, like someone on ESPN when they had the Monday Night Crew doing one of their preseason games this year. Um, you know how like broadcast crews will like say things that they get from production meetings without like really saying anything, um, but you're like, did you say what I think you just might have meant? And they somebody on that crew because it was the Monday Night Football crew, he was like. Um, so-and-so, like, one of the players had said, oh, it's really nice to have, like, new voices. And I was like, okay, so everyone was really tired of Russell, essentially, is what I'm hearing there. So not Russell for that reason. Um, you said Justin and then Jameis. Not yeah. Jameis for sure, because e although I think, I think players respond well to Jameis. It's not my style. Um I think I would go with Herbert. Uh, yeah, I think I would go with Herbert because he's my favorite quarterback. I don't think he's really the type to even give a speech, so you might have to really, like, prod him to do that because that was his whole knock coming in. Okay, but – okay, so that was his whole knock when he was drafted is that he wasn't a leader, and that's probably literally why Tua went ahead of him or probably had a big impact over, you know, why he was the third quarterback in that draft class. However, I think his play on the field shows you that actually the speech is not that important. So I pick Herbert because that means he was already my quarterback. So I already trust that we're going to turn our season around. And it doesn't matter if he's whispering the speech. Yeah. Oh, well, I was envisioning Herbert – getting like really upset and giving a speech one time, like, okay, all right, wait. Herbert lost it and everyone's taking him seriously. Wait, so like, then that would be even more powerful. Right. Right. There was a story about like Joe Gibbs and how Gibbs was always very calm with the players and one game they were playing badly and he flipped a table and everyone was like, Oh my gosh. But if it's Mike Zimmer and he's flipping a table, you're like, Oh yeah. Yes. Mike Zimmer's flipping a table. Who cares? Right. It. Yeah. I love it. Uh, with Kirk, I think that uh, like Kirk does not have the leadership gene that everyone like just goes to him and he's not magnetic as a personality or anything like that. But I've always, always kind of felt that it was more of some of the physical shortcomings that caused these things that we pinned on other stuff, like not clutch or it's like, it's weird. He's clutch against the teams like Carolina last year that not that good and yeah, he beat, uh, but then he's not clutch against like the, you know, some other teams that have better defensive lines that right. Like we kind right. of write it after with uh, Kirk, but I think Herbert is the right answer. Um, yeah. Okay. Last one. And this is very much, this one does not include Kirk. It's very much toward your QB two brand. Okay. If you had to win super game, but with only QB twos, mm -hmm. which of these QB twos would you select Jacoby Brissett, Tyra Taylor, Colt McCoy, or Viking backup Nick Mullins? Tyrod. Um, well, mm, yeah, my instinct is Tyrod because I think he's the most unlucky player in the NFL. Um, so I, I think he's a decent quarterback. And when he did have the chance um, to not have terrible luck uh, in Buffalo for that one year, what was that, 2017? 2015 and then he started oh, also 2016 the full seasons okay so um 15 i think they he was decent that year if i remember right so i think i would pick i think i would pick um tyrod and just hope that a trainer doesn't stab him with a needle <laughs> before i know game. yeah no you're right he has had he has had a lot of bad luck in cleveland he was starting Right. And then got it's a concussion, good. I think. And then yeah. Baker took the job and they just, you know, things went from there. He's um, a look. He definitely falls into the like Teddy category as well, or the, the Andy Dalton, where it's almost like five years ago, these guys were viable quarterbacks. And now everyone's like, nah, I don't think so. Uh, right. And I think that's the case. Like Tyrod, I remember ESPN doing a huge piece about how Tyrod was secretly amazing and everything else. But I was there in Buffalo for the 2015 season, and he's 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 a guy. Like he's yeah. he's a guy. Would I take him for this question? Absolutely. But he's just a guy. He's just a 500 yeah. type of backup quarterback. It's like 
there's there's not there's nothing malicious here. The Bills moved on for the right reasons. Like, come on, come on, my friends. This is Tyrod right. Taylor. Um, but before I let you go, now d- you wanted to ask me something before we. Oh yeah, up. what what was the most interesting backup transaction, backup quarterback transaction to you? This there was a lot of movement. There was a lot of movement. So I would say that uh, the Vikings, in particular, keeping two backup quarterbacks that were on the team last year that weren't good and were obviously not good last year. And then the team being like, no, this is fine. And all through camp being like, oh, yeah, battle's going great. Everything's totally cool. Like that stuff you see in practice. Oh, you guys, you don't know football. That's your problem. And then being like, oh, God, this is so bad. It was like they couldn't hide how bad Kellen Mond was after the second preseason game. They're like, yeah. uh, and then even better was how ragey people got if you pointed out that Nick Mullins isn't really good. <laughs> it's like, no, they've got a great backup now. I'm like, no, 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 no don't. Um, I saw the Jets fans absolutely losing it when uh, they cut the former oh, yeah. golfer. Yes. I, I forget how to pronounce his name. Is it uh, Streveler? Streveler, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because yep. he had like the greatest preseason ever and they cut yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, was- Skylar Thompson buzz in Miami. Yeah. Notable. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, my favorite is just that like this draft class for 2022, clearly bad for quarterbacks, but all of them were just like getting so much hype. It's like Desmond yeah. Ritter, maybe. Yeah. Malik Willis, like Malik Willis's coach pulled him because he wouldn't throw the ball, my friends. Right. Like you're, if Wait. that happens, great. But like, come on, stop None it. Stop trying to make 2022 draft class happen. Are 22 guys, none of them are starting, right? That is correct. Pickett's not starting, so. I saw Sam Howell film breakdown. I was excited. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Sure, I'm sure. Look, the preseason might have used to have meant something. Yeah. It, Sure as hell doesn't now. No. Whatever you see is BS. The Vikings cut everybody who played. <laughs> Literally. Come on. Half the team. Gone. Um, so let me quiz you real quick and then I'll let you go. Oh, yeah. This has been super fun. Yeah. I'm just going to throw out a team. I hope I get these. I'm going to be really mad at myself. And ask you either QB2 or QB3. Okay. Okay. All right. So tonight the Rams are playing. Okay. Should, Cal- should calamity strike? Who is their third quarterback? Oh shit! Their second one is a John Walford. Um, who is the third one? You have the list. You gave me the. I list. know. I'm not allowed to use the list. Oh, is it somebody named Bryce? Okay, you're getting there. Bryce and a famous restaurant chain. Perkins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, well done. Well done. Uh, I don't know anything about that man except for his name. <laughs> like, I thought he played pretty well. Here's me being that guy. Uh, all right. The Philadelphia Eagles have four quarterbacks on their roster. Wh- who is the guy that they picked up from another team? Oh. Let's just say he's an open. He's an open I know this. He's an he's an open. Open. If someone is an open, that guy just says how it is. He's an open. Can ask him anything, and he'll be an open door. Book. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait. There. They have. So wait. They have Hertz Gardner Minshew. Yep. The third one. You said they have four. The third four. one. Ian, Ian Book and then someone named oh. Reed Sinet. Oh, Reed Sinet. Okay. Yeah. I won't ask you any follow-ups about Reed Sinet. Um, <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite times of the year is when people try to pick out the seventh round quarterback or something. Who's the next Brady. And yeah. that, that was the case in Jacksonville with uh, this quarterback getting okay. random buzz as their third stringer. Oh, Okay. EJ Perry. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Uh, okay. Let's fi- let's find one more. Oh, I know. I know. So uh, calamity did strike the Carolina Panthers with their backup situations. Oh. Matt Corral 
was yeah. uh, problematic there. And then uh, he got yeah, hurt yeah, and Sam, Sam Darnold got hurt. Yeah. Um, who's the last man standing? PJ Walker. Okay. That was easy. That yeah, was too yeah. easy. XFL legend, PJ Walker. XFL legend. Okay. Let me find one more. Let me find the deepest in the weeds that I could find. Okay. Somebody that I don't recognize. Oh, okay. Who in Kansas city, you have Patrick Mahomes and yeah. playoff legend, oh, Chad Henney. Yeah. Okay. Who else? plays quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs of Kansas City. They have three, right? Four. They have four. Okay, so there was this guy. Is Dustin Crum there still? He was cut. Okay. Was, <laughs> hold on. Oh, come on. Let me Shane, let me say it. Like, he was crummy. He was crummy. Shane, it's like Shane Bukley or something. I have no idea how to pronounce it, so ding, that is correct. Okay. Then there's one more. Yes. And I've never heard of this guy. Okay. I think they got this guy from uh this guy's really he has a weird name. Isn't it like Garrett Guarantino? Tano? <laughs> no. oh, it's not, okay. Wait, I was I was willing to stretch on that one, but wait, no, there's no it, Garrett Guarantino. I know who this one is. They did get him from somewhere else. Um oh shit. what is this guy's name? Like they got him from somewhere, I think in like the NFC East. Did he come from Washington, maybe? Um, it is Chris something. Oh, maybe he I, doesn't have a weird name. Then. I don't even have a pun. Well, the last name is kind of weird. Uh, Chris. I don't know. I'm not gonna get it. Okay, it's uh Oladokun. Oh, Chris. Yeah. Oladokun. A lot. A I don't know. Oladokun. I don't know. I've never heard anyone say it in my life. And you probably won't. <laughs> probably won't. <laughs> well, this is this has been super fun, and people should check out uh, QB two. And then now we are all Thank caught you. up on everything quarterback, and uh, follow Kalen Kaler on Twitter for all defector related nonsense and. Uh, and I'm and I also wanted to thank you because you wrote about the chess thing that was happening. Yes. With- yes. Well, and I'm I'm glad that know, but the defector Patrick wrote it right I think Patrick yeah yeah it. yeah I meant the you as a company but yes like uh, a a 19 year old dude with a fake accent clearly cheating at a major tournament with all the best grandmasters yeah. to the point where the greatest player of all time just quits the tournament because he knows the guy is cheating it's so insane and no one knows about it so good I need to read it because I need to know how he was cheating. We don't know how he was cheating. Oh, and nobody else. Oh, wow. And the post-game interview. What if he wasn't cheating? Unhinged. Come on. You know, he was cheating. Like, Magnus Carlsen is the best player of all time. And this guy has had some issues with chess.com and cheating in the past. He's had mm-hmm. kind of a meteoric rise. He had a fake accent. It's, yeah, it's super bizarre. Yeah. This, it's one of the strangest yeah. stories. Yeah, scam. Total scam. Total scandal. Uh, Okay, well, thank you for all of your time. I'm glad that we can get together. And uh, we'll talk soon. Yes. Thanks so much.